0: And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. We're going to go through the stock down part of the program. The uh, because because the first half of this uh, podcast definitely wasn't negative in any way, <laughs> but man, it has been rough to say to say the least. Um, and I just you know. Why was Derek Carr on the field? That's the most frustrating thing to me is Derek Carr should not have played in this game. And you know, this is kind of like he's he's my first stock down player, but it's more of a duo because I want because it's hard to just say one. Derek Carr to Chris Olave. What the heck happened? Six targets, one catch, four yards. Now, I will say that I think Chris Olave might have been playing hurt. For this, for a majority of the second half of this game, because he took a hit, he took a big, big hit on a on a short ball. I think it was in the second quarter. It might have been in the third quarter. Actually, it was. It was early in the third quarter. Ah, I could be wrong. Anyway, don't 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 quote me on that. But he took a big hit on a short pass, and he kind of hobbled over to the sideline. Never went in the injury tent, um, but he just didn't look right after that. And I, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on the injury report with something on Wednesday. But Either way, he was out there. He's got to be productive. He's got to do something. Derek threw the ball 37 times. He targeted him six times. He had one catch for six yards. That can't happen. But, you know, to me, it's like Derek, he he he, he won't use the shoulder as an excuse. And he shouldn't, you know, and, and like people, are, people say, oh, whatever. But like, no, he's not going to do that. But, okay, one of two things is true. Either Derek Carr played with an injury that limited him at such a level that he hurt his team by being out there because he was ineffective. 23 for 37 for 127 yards. He was completely ineffective. He didn't turn the ball over. You give him that. So either either the shoulder was the reason or he's out there playing at a, at a low enough level that he's hurting his team. And he's perfectly healthy, but he's playing at a level so ineffective that he's hurting his team in that way. So which do you, Which would you prefer? Pick one. Neither is great, but at least if it's the shoulder, to some extent, you could hope that it would get better. So personally, <laughs> I'm hoping that what we saw today was a hurt quarterback trying to get it done. And I, you know, and, and I said this in the pregame, like the report. I think Nick Underhill reported that you know he didn't have any pain on Saturday. He threw again. Blah blah blah. You know, the problem with this is the person who you're trusting to report the status of his shoulder is the guy who, by his own admission, said that he decided on Sunday night that he was going to start in this game. You heard that correctly. Not Sunday morning, not this morning, last week, he decided coming home from Green Bay that he was going to start in this game. So, it wouldn't have mattered whether he was feeling pain. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> he was going to tell you that he was ready to go. So, there is a, there is a, as a head coach, as a coaching staff, you got to know. You got to understand and you got to say, hey, the doctors, all the doctors have told me that this is a minimum one to two week recovery timeline. And I know that you want to be, be a warrior, but we're not putting you out there. And you know what? Part of me wonders if they didn't want to put Jameis out there just in case the offense looked good. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anyway, stock down, man. Because if if you went out there knowing that you you couldn't be as effective as you needed to be, that's selfish. (laughs) And if you went out there and were that ineffective, that's just bad. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Neither of those options is good, but one of them has to be true. So uh, anyway, that's, that's my first stock down. Chris Olave, you know, I, I saw some people questioning the effort. Again, I, I, I think he was hurt. I think he was dealing with something, but who, who knows? It, it's tough. You know, I, either way, the, the, the offense looked demoralized by the end. So, okay, let's, let's move on. I, I did enough ranting about Derek Carr. You know, and I like Derek Carr a lot. I think Derek Carr is a great leader on this team. I just don't like how this went. You can't sit there and tell me. We have faith in Jameis. We have faith in Jameis. We trust Jameis. Jameis can get it done and then make a decision like you saw today. And, and, and it clearly went the way it did. Next stock down. And this is unfair. I'll, I'll preempt this by saying it's completely unfair. Marshawn Lattimore. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, Mike Evans only played half of this game, he still won that matchup. He had four catches, 40 yards. Let me double check that. I want to say four catches for 40 yards. Three catches for 40 yards. You know, I think one of those was not on Marshawn. Two of them were. And that doesn't bake in the third down play where Marshawn got beat clean. You could argue it was offensive pass interference. Maybe it was. I don't, it's neither here nor there. Didn't get called. He got beat to the point that the only option he had available to him was from the ground to reach out and grab Mike Evans' legs <laughs> and pull him to the ground. And it was a good play, because if not, they're playing cover zero, that's a touchdown. <laughs> Walks into the end zone. Easiest touchdown pass of Baker Mayfield's life. So realistically, it was a great play to prevent a touchdown, but it was a terrible play on third down because you left yourself with no option. In that matchup, there, you're supposed to win, and you're supposed to be the star. And you know, again, this is unfair, because if this was anybody else, you'd be like, you know what, he had a great game. He didn't have a bad game but he didn't have the Marshawn game that that you grow to expect and the Marshawn game that the Saints defense kind of needs, right? Like you you play a certain way on defense because you know you have Marshawn out there who's going to lock down, is going to take away that guy. And Baker, you know, <laughs> to for all his faults, Baker is not afraid to throw at anybody. You know, Baker went out first throw of the game, went right at Marshawn. He set the standard for how he was going to approach that matchup and you know, I think Marshawn was kind of surprised because you go into those matchups, and he's covering them like a blanket, and the ball just didn't go there. Tom Brady never challenged Marshawn, but Baker did, and uh, and 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 Mike won that battle, and they went out at halftime with a hamstring, and that's when it kind of got weird because Chris Godwin is going to play a lot of the game in the slot, and Marshawn's not going to go in the slot, so you can't just say, okay, Marshawn, follow along, follow around Chris Godwin, and. When Mike Evans went out, you saw the Bucks kind of go to this weird kind of hybrid design with their wide receivers, and so it kind of leaves Marshawn's like, okay, who am I defending? And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, and I, so and to some extent, I think Mike Evans going out made the Bucks a little more difficult to defend, and that's weird to say, but it just made them a little bit more unpredictable. Like what 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 you were expecting them to do was no longer what they were doing because they didn't have Mike Evans. Um, and so, like, they just didn't throw at Marshawn the rest of the game. I, you know, there were points where I'm like, oh, Marshawn is still out there. He's just standing alone on that side of the field because why would you throw at him? But you know, I, I was disappointed in that. You know, this is probably the first time I watched a Marshawn Mike Evans matchup where I thought Mike won. Um, and so, you know, again, it's not fair, but but because Marshawn is that elite level player, I expect him to play at a higher level than he did today. You know, and so he's a stock down and and just because the defense as a whole, like it did not get the job done. Right. Like, again, like I like I said in the first segment, like you can't you know, your your offense has done nothing. But it at least engineered two extended scoring drives to make it a one score game. But the defense was never able to get them the ball back with a chance to fail, you know, (laughs) and that's that can't happen. Um, So, you know, uh, there's that. My next stock down player is, again, I'm going to harp on the defense here, anyone who tried to make a tackle. I don't know how many missed tackles there were in this game, but golly, how? I mean, the number of times I saw a play and was like, oh, stop. They got him. Third down. They stopped him short. And then all of a sudden, they're three yards past the, the line to gain. Like, what? Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn, they ran the Saints ragged. I don't know what their numbers ended up being. Rashad White, 15 carries for 56 yards. You know, it's crazy that it's not more than that. His long was 11, but it felt like his minimum was five. You know, like, like the, the I have to look, but I guarantee you he had at least five or six runs between six and 10 yards. Like, it seemed like every time they ran up the middle, they were getting at least four or five yards. And this is a defense that is supposed to be built to stop the run. A 4-3 scheme is supposed to have beef in the middle, right? Like, that's the whole point of it. You're, 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 you're containing on the edges, and you're stopping the run with these two big defensive tackles. Well, how are they running up the middle like that with guys named Keyshawn Vaughn and Rashad White? What the heck? They don't even have their best their best interior lineman, Ryan Jensen's on IR. So what is happening? Um, you know, I, there was a play, I think it was Alante Taylor, who got juked out of his shoes. That was on the touchdown drive. I think it was a third down play. The Chris Godwin catch late in the game, DeMario Davis getting called for a hold. You know, like I don't think DeMario had a great game. I don't think anyone on the defense had a great game. And I know there's comments in there saying, oh, well, they got a turnover, they got a turnover. You know, yes, but that's it. I mean, like, that was the only game-altering play they made, and it was at the one-yard line. You know, I just, I just feel like that the, the defense failed uh, today. You know, it just didn't get the job done. And to me, you know, I expected the offense to to struggle because, you know, I wouldn't say I expected it, but, like, you're used to it. Like, you've seen this movie before. If you're surprised by it now, that's on you because they've show, the Saints have shown you who they are on offense. But what I thought they were on defense is a top unit. Well, the last two weeks, at least, you know, the, the second half against the Packers, and all day today, you did not see that. It was very much an overmatched defense trying to make up for an overmatched offense. And that's it's not going to win you a lot of games. <sighs> Frustrating. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, the pass rush wasn't there. The containment wasn't there. Baker Mayfield, he can run, but he's not, he's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't run like he looked like he could today. <laughs> it was just bad. Was just bad. All around. All right. Next one going down. These are technically dishonorable mentions, right? But they're on there. Man, you're a fullback. (laughs) You don't get a lot of opportunities to screw up, right? Like in most cases, best case scenario, you make a nice block and the play-by-play guy is like, oh, hey, it's Matt Fullback, Adam Prentice, a couple yards. Man, he really put his fingerprints on this game in a very, very bad way. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Prentice gets cut. Like, that's how bad he was. You know And, I mean, like, he, he, I'm sure he threw some nice blocks. You're going to look back on film and you're going to be like, ah, oh, great block, Adam. But, man, the first, I think it was a third down play on the second drive of the game. The Saints went down the field, you know, kicked the field goal because that's what they do. And then, and then the defense stood up, right? You know, not a perfect start. But a pretty good start right you went down and scored you got the ball back up three to nothing Derek Carr at that point Jerry's shoulder was feeling great the painkillers were still at full capacity and you know he makes he extends a play the offensive line kind of breaks down but he extends it oh look who's standing alone on the edge of the field Adam Prentice you know the, the trope that you'll hear from play-by-play announcers is, oh, if he caught it, he'd still be running. Now, I don't think Adam Prentice was going 70 yards. That's a probably a, a bit extreme. But, you know, the, the space he had in front of him, he's easily getting that first down, maybe 20, 25 yards even. And so he makes that catch. Who knows? You're in, you're, you're close to field goal range. You know, maybe that's maybe that play, that, that third down conversion, it, demoralizes the Bucks defense, and you're able to finally get on the board. So you could argue that Adam Prentice cost you a chance for at least three more points when you were up 3 nothing and kind of, it felt like, in control of the game to some extent. Fast forward to the end of the first half. Isaac Yadam makes a momentum-turning play. That interception, I still think it was a touchback Super lame, like, I don't understand what the, the refs are trying to accomplish. But like, it's like, the offense screwed up, but they get rewarded. <laughs> get the heck out of here. You know, <laughs> Dennis Allen said himself, like, they were just trying to run out the clock, but they couldn't take a knee because they were on the one. So they had to at least run one play to get space so that you're not kneeling in the end zone. When you know what to give it to Adam? First carry of the year, <laughs> he actually gets some yardage. Got five yards. Woo! Fumble. I just <laughs> like there's a point where it's like all you can do is sit there and just like laugh. Cause it's like, come on, what is this? How did that doesn't happen? I mean, there's one job there, and it's to not turn the ball over. Maybe get a couple yards, and otherwise you you hold on to that ball like it's your child. Like there's no reason you're even fighting for more yards. And he fumbles it. And, you know, and like like you talk about momentum in a game where the, you knew the Saints were going to struggle to score. We saw it. You know, they had three points on the board. <laughs> this is not a game where you can afford to spot a team seven points. And, and that's what you did. Like you could have gotten in into halftime down 7-3. And then you came back, got a three and out, kicked a field goal. Suddenly it's 7-6. It's anybody's game. Instead, it is to 14-3, and that feels like five scores with the way the Saints' offense has been operating. Adam Prentice cost the Saints two massive momentum swinging moments. The fullback, who most teams don't even have because you could argue they're not worth the roster spot. So, man, (laughs) I don't know. Your stock as a fullback is like this really tiny range where only like three teams actually even care about it. But wow, you just flew right to the bottom. Gosh, that's too bad. I like Adam Prentice. I think he works hard. He, he, he's always there. You know, he does the dirty work, but you can't. Come on. You can't do that. Oh gosh. I I feel like I'm on crazy pills. Uh, you know, so P. Carmichael is on here. We don't have to go into it too much. I went into it in the last segment. I again, like this the shot play thing, it's like if you're gonna try to do a tendency breaker, it can't be the tendency you've established. Because all you ever run are tendency breakers in the same spot of the field. You run sh- you run shot plays at a third and two always. And again, I don't hate the idea of running a shot play in a situation where they think you're going to pound the ball because you get a great look to run a shot play. But if you only do that, <laughs> then it doesn't work. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to complain about. with P. Carmichael. And again, like I don't. I'm not going to limit it to the play calling. That's my issue. It's like. I, the play calling is you know it's it's all situational right like I'm I think it's a scheme issue I think it's a preparation issue uh because did it seem like the Saints were prepared today did that look like a team like the bucks were the ones coming off a short week <laughs> gosh okay my last stock down and, and again you know these a lot of these are unfair but uh you know and and like I feel like I've hit basically everyone at some level you know there's not a ton of stock up guys you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hammer Max Garcia too hard right like he should have never been in the game I was surprised they didn't go to Nick Saldaveri um because he drafted that guy you went up and got him why are you not giving a rookie a chance but uh Max Garcia you know he had to take over for the guy who took a, because for the guy who got concussed, who took over for the guy who got concussed, so that's Andres Pete who went out with a concussion. Caesar Ruiz was already out with a concussion, so Max Garcia ended in there, ended up in there, and I don't know what the heck the Saints have been doing in terms of preparing their backup offensive linemen. But what in the world is going on when the like? Why wasn't Andres Pete not prepared to come in at right guard? So, James Hurst didn't have to move out of position? Why was Max Garcia not prepared to come in at left guard so that James Hurst, after spending all week preparing to play right guard, didn't have to switch across the line <laughs> late in the game? <laughs> I mean, these are the type of things that don't make sense to me. Where is the preparation? How can the best option be to bring a guy in? And then move another guy across the line two weeks in a row when these guys should have been prepared for that. Those are the types of things that don't make sense to me. Um, so you know that that's I'm not going to blame Max Garcia for that, but I do blame the coaching. I blame the preparation. Last guy and and again, this isn't fair. This isn't fair to Jameis Winston, but I'm going to say Jameis Winston, and it's because, dude, seriously. You got in the game with two minutes left. You had a chance to go in there and run offense and, 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 and do something that you could point to and be like, this is how this offense is supposed to run. This is what we should have been doing all game. If I was in here, this would have worked. You know? I mean, and instead, what you do is go in there and just heave it. <laughs> you threw a punt. And why? Why? What was the best case scenario? You hit Chris Olave in double coverage. Fantastic. The points don't matter. You needed to go in there and make a sales pitch for why they were wrong to trust an injured Derek Carr over you. And instead, you went in there and played into the exact narrative that is not necessarily fair, but it's very much out there. And just threw a pick. Because you felt like it? Because it was the easiest thing to do? Like, gosh, throw it to Mike. Throw it to the running back. Do something to prove that you run this offense, right? You aren't just a just a sling it guy. And that's what you did. And that was so strange to me. Like, I don't understand that at all. Like what were you doing? It was like it's not like he was wide open. You threw into double coverage. You decided before the play started. I'm just taking a shot. F it, he's out there somewhere. I don't get it, and so like that's disappointing to me because I would have loved to be able to come on here and be like, man, see what Jameis did at the end of the game. Yeah, maybe they should have thrown Jameis out there. Well, if that's what you're going to do, then it's hard to make that argument, Jameis. So he, he, that's that's a tough one for me. But I think he's on there. You know, there's a, there's a lot more we could go through. Um, but been doing we've been on here for about 50 minutes, and all I've done is complain. And there's hundred and twenty or so comments in there that that I want to get through. So let's wrap that up. We're gonna come back. We're gonna hit the mailbag. This is inside black and gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Saints nine Bucks twenty-six. Doesn't sound any better when you say it in reverse. Saints two and two Bucks three and one very much in control of the division. The Falcons also lost today. So they are clear ahead and yeah, in the in the NFC South race uh, not uh not not what well, not what you're hoping for when you came into today but you know maybe we were all fools for not seeing this coming because uh, it seems like every bucks matchup at the Superdome well, well I guess not every bucks matchup but the last two years we've seen this exact same story play out today was worse um, but all right I' gonna am gonna wrap up this segment go to the break get the rest of these comments and be right back